Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. What we're exploring is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus or an apprentice of Jesus. So look at the life and the teachings of him and then to our own lives and explore how we can become more like Jesus in the world today. We've already looked at lots of different elements of this um, and ultimately how if we want to become more like Jesus, we first need to be with Jesus. We need to also spend time with God, not because we want something from him, but because we want a relationship with him. Um, but as James has kind of clearly, clearly noted, and we've outlined a few times, none of what we're talking about, none of these things, whether it be prayer, quiet time, spending time in the community, or, or even reading the Bible, which is what I'm going to be speaking about today, none of these things are things that we need to do. We don't have to earn our relationship with God. We don't need to earn any of our salvation or God's love. We are part of his family. When we put our faith in Jesus... Uh, his life, death and resurrection, that is all we need. But rather, we are trying to find a better way to live, to change our habits in order to open ourselves up so that the Holy Spirit can do a change in our lives. And today we're going to be talking about reading the Bible. Um, And I think I would make a good bet that even if this is the first time you've been in this building, in a church building before, you might have heard of the Bible Um, I think it's quite a well-known book, Uh, even if you've never read it. um, I want to bet that you've at least heard the Holy Bible. Um, Because the Guinness World Records, uh, it designates the Bible as actually the world's best-selling and most widely distributed book. Um, It's almost got five billion copies printed, which is quite a lot. Um, And uh, the Gideons, who put the hotel... They put Bibles in hotel rooms. Um, They estimate that they've put two billion Bibles just in hotel rooms alone. So there's a lot of Bibles in the world. But I think despite how well known it is, its notoriety, for many of us, the Bible is quite a a difficult or or confusing text. Um, It is quite big. It can be quite big. It can be quite small. But there's a lot in there, isn't there? Um, And... Not just the number of words, but where do we even begin? Where, what do we do when we have a big, huge Bible that's a bit, just a bit intimidating? And what do we do with what the words inside of it mean? What are we going to do with the Bible? Um, and if that feels like you this morning, I just want to encourage you that that was and is me still. Um, but we're doing this uh, series and community together. Um, so I just want to encourage you, don't feel alone. Um, and this is very much an encouragement for you guys um, and for me as well um, in how we approach reading the Bible for our own spiritual growth and apprenticeship to Jesus. So before I get into my, my main message today, I just wanted to do a quick whistle-stop overview um, as best as possible, which is almost impossible. Um, but what is the Bible and what does it tell us? Just so that we're all on the same page. And as a very rich, multi-layered book, there is no way I'm going to do this justice. So in this summary, if I, don't, if I miss out something, please forgive me. Come talk to me at the end um, uh, and correct me and give me your wisdom. Uh, but for the purposes of today... Um, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? 
think we've established, most of us, it's a book. Mine doesn't say the Bible on the front, but you can imagine that it does. Holy Bible, it's a book. Um, and Christians consider this book very sacred. Uh, that's why it's called Holy. Um, it might also be referred to as Scripture or the Scriptures. It is a physical book that we have. It's bound with pages, but it also contains many other books. You might hear people say, let's turn to the book of Ruth or let's turn to the book of Luke. There's many books in the Bible. There's an Old Testament, it's kind of older. Um, it's the sacred scriptures of the Jewish faith. It tells us a lot about the history of God and people. It contains all sorts of types of writing, prophecies, wisdom, poetry, and even songs. Um, but whereas the Old Testament tells us about God and people, the New Testament tells us mainly about God and a person, and that person is Jesus. Um, and this, this happens, we, we hear about Jesus through different narratives accounts um, and first century letters of people that knew or encountered him. Um, we also believe that the Bible is from God, not that he, he wrote it and hand-delivered it to us from heaven on a, like a golden tablet, um, but we believe that the, the, the Bible is fully inspired by God. Um, in a letter from uh, Paul in 2 Timothy 3, he describes the, book, the scriptures as God-breathed. It says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But although the Bible is God-breathed, it's also tangibly part of human history. It's not something that we should forget. Some of it is literally a guy's letter. He wrote this letter and he sent it to some people that is undeniably written by human authors who are completely inspired and filled with the Spirit of God, with the intention of pointing us to Jesus. So we can have confidence that every word in the original documents were exactly what God wanted to say to us, and we can trust it. But ultimately, if you take nothing away from what the Bible is, um, I want you to know that the Bible is a unified story, and it leads to Jesus. Whether it's explicitly telling us about uh, where he went, what he said, and what he did, or whether it's telling us about God and his relationship to people a thousand years before Jesus, all of it points to him. In both the, the Gospels of Luke and John, Jesus himself tells people how all of the scriptures, and um, that is what we call the Old Testament, point to himself. Um, in Luke 24, when he, um, uh, Jesus meets uh, two slightly forlorn disciples on the road to Emmaus, um, and they, they're a bit disappointed that Jesus has died, and he is uh, they're, they're just not what they thought he was. Um, he goes up and he explains to them after a while, um, and he says, it says in Luke 24, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, interpret, he interpreted to them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. So we know that the Bible is all about Jesus. Um, but in 2018, there was a survey done in the UK um, where adults were asked what words would they use to describe the Bible. Um, but over a third of people said that they wanted to use the word outdated. The Bible is outdated. It's not relevant. It's not important for us. And you might see where they're coming from. The Bible tells us about things that happened in history. Um, it also tells us about things that happened in the ancient Near East. And I bet for a lot of us, we've never even been there. And I, for one, know that I've looked in the Bible and it didn't tell me anything about how long we should spend on YouTube. <laughs> so is the Bible outdated? Is it relevant to us? What can it tell us? Um, but as the author and theologian John Walton put it, 
although the Bible wasn't written to us, it wasn't written in our language or in our culture or even with our culture in view. We believe that the Bible was written for us. That is, for everyone of all times and all places because it is God's word. The Bible is not a prescriptive manual for my life. It's not specifically for me. It's not specifically for James. But every single word of the Bible has important insight and instruction for us today, just as it did for people years before us, and it will do for people in years to come. The Bible is for everyone. But what we want to explore in in this series today is is how we change our habits to live differently as followers of Jesus. Um, As James put, these these are sometimes called spiritual disciplines. Um, And what we want to do is cultivate these things that will help us to open ourselves up to that Holy Spirit transforming power in us to change about what we think about, what we love. And again, it's not about earning righteousness or being good enough or filling a criteria for God to like us. He's already called us to himself. We need only believe. But as it says in in Timothy, reading the Bible is for training in righteousness. Reading the Bible is going to help us in our training to become apprentices of Jesus. So why should we be reading the Bible? If we know what what it is, what it tells us, why should we be reading it? Um, And for my first point, I would like... I was going to say a volunteer, but I'm going to pick James. (laughs) James, would you like to come up to the front? Um, And we're going to play a quick game, um, just to maybe help. Um, Possibly not. Uh, Possibly. We'll see. It depends how good you are. Um, So we're going to play charades. We're going to play charades. Um, And I'm going to give you someone or someone that hopefully people know to act out and I want them to guess what you're acting out. Do you know what you're doing? Yes. Do you know what you're doing? Yes. yes. Okay. If I didn't do very well, it's their fault. I just wonder. <laughs> right, record. I did write it down, but... Very more. I have got a bad ankle. Yes. Very more. Michael Jackson. Yes. Michael Jackson. Okay, well done. Um... I have got a bad ankle. <laughs> that's why it was a bad, bad movie. You know, you're just a rubbish dancer. Yeah, that's also true. Okay, come and do another one. Yes, amazing. Okay, you guys are quite good at this. I don't know, maybe that's too easy. Um, Sweaty, no. Okay, finally, I want you to do... <laughs> do you know what I'm I don't know. <laughs> I think you have one church. Yeah. Um, this is not how I saw this go, but this is fantastic. political organisation of the church, but... <laughs> We will say no more. Um, I, I don't know how to do that. You don't that. think you can do it? I don't know how to do you that. You can't do it. Okay, thank you very much, James. You sit down. Um, so give him a round of applause just for trying. Thanks, James. You're a good spirit. Um, the last one that I asked James to act out was Jackie Carter. She's my mum. Um, I know that James might have met her one time. Um, she, he, he knows of my mum. He might have not remembered her name. Just sat down and really shoot. You could have been really short, but again, I'm not sure um, if that's really reflective of my, of my mum. So I asked, I asked you to act out people that you knew, and I also asked you to act out my mum. But you don't really know my mum, do you? Um, and although this is just a silly example, I wanted to demonstrate that although James may kind of know my mum, he doesn't well, know her well enough to act her out to you guys. He doesn't know her well enough to replicate her life um, or know them enough to know what their character is um, and what they're like, and therefore, 
how to act it out in return. And in the same way, if our goal is to become like Jesus, to be his apprentices, then we need to know him, know what he said and know what he did. Um, And as I I mentioned at the start, um, uh, we've already spoken in this series about abiding in Jesus, staying with Jesus, remaining in him, spending that alone time with him. And the practice of reading the Bible really fits hand in hand in this. That if we're not familiar with the God of the Bible, by spending time in his word, we're going to find it more difficult to be more like Jesus. But as we know, reading the Bible can be quite daunting. Uh, It can be difficult for some of us. Um, So I want to encourage you today that um, God wants you to know him, to know who he is, his character, and what he's done for you. Um, But we've noted time and time again that the life of an apprentice of Jesus is not about trying. It's not about willpower. You need to start where you're at. If you've never picked up the Bible, don't try and read it when you get home. If reading the Bible is something you've never done, or maybe it's something you've often done but doesn't seem to get you anywhere, maybe it's hard to focus or to apply, I want to encourage you there's no rules for how you should read the Bible. There's no order, there's no reading plan, there's no set amount of time you need to achieve. God just wants you to know him better, and that's my first point this morning. Back in Jesus' day, even in the times of um, the early church um, and long after, it was common that many people wouldn't have a Bible. They wouldn't have a copy of the Bible for themselves. We're very privileged to to have a Bible um, individually for ourselves today. Back then, they were very expensive. They were quite rare. And the main way that people would know God through Scripture would be to hear someone else reading it. Um, They would read it aloud in large groups. Um, And there's many ways to listen to God's words. You don't have to read it. Um, If that's a good starting place for you, or that helps you to engage more with the Bible, I encourage you to listen to it. Um, I remember a few years ago, I used to, um, in my job, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts all the time, um, and I realised that the Bible app, it had the audio thing, so you could listen to the Bible. Um, So I started to listen to the Bible rather than listen to podcasts all the time. Um, And I found that listening was a good way for things to stick with me better. When I read, I got distracted, but when I heard the words of God, I was more engaged with it. And if that works for you, start there. Um, Equally, reading the scriptures together may be a good way for you to be more engaged with the Bible. At community groups, we we read and we study the Bible together, and we are able to help each other to discern what we're reading and what it means for our lives. So if you're not part of a community group, that's one reason I would encourage you to get involved, is we we can read in a group together um, what the Bible has to say to us. And then finally, I just wanted to signpost you to some amazing resources that are out there um, to help you engage with the Bible and grow in your reading with the Bible more, if that's something that is a challenge for you. Um, There's an amazing group called The Bible Project, um, and their whole aim as a kind of a charity is to provide free resources that help you to engage with the Bible in an approachable, engaging, and transformative way. That's their tagline. Um, But they have amazing videos on YouTube. Um, They can uh, briefly sum up what a book of the Bible is about. They have videos on how we should approach reading the Bible. I think they're really faithful. Um, And I just really want to encourage you that there's so many resources out there that are going to supplement and help you to read the Bible more. There's no right way to read the Bible, but read it. If we want to grow in our apprenticeship to Jesus, that reflects the way that he lives in the world today. We need to know him. God wants you to know him. 
But not only that, God wants to speak to you. Um, If you're making notes this morning, if you've brought your book along, this is my second point. God wants to speak to you. The living God, the creator of the universe, wants to speak to you. Um, There's many ways that God might speak, um, but one way is through the Bible. Um, It's God's words, literally God's words. But when our lives get busy, our schedules get full, we get distracted, or we're focused on the drama of daily living and how to manage what's going on in our lives... It's very easy for us to lose the motivation or struggle to find the time to read God's word. Um, Or maybe we even see it as part of our to-do list. It's just another thing we have to do. Um, A friend of mine sent me um, this image. I'm not sure if we've got it up. You cannot read it at all, and I thought this might happen. But essentially, it's a big graph that has all the books of the Bible down the left-hand side, and then it tells you how long it takes to read each one. Um, And the biggest one is Psalms. It's going to take you four hours and 51 minutes, which I do admit is quite a lot to read in one session. Um, But I was actually surprised at how little time it would take me to read quite a number of the books of the Bible. We've got Mark, it's an hour and a half. That's that's, that's not bad for a gospel, is it? Um, Hebrews is the biggest one, one of the biggest letters in the New Testament, 44 minutes. It's all right, not bad. Philemon, three minutes, easy. (laughs) Um, but don't, don't mishear what I'm trying to say. I'm not in, trying to encourage you to shoehorn reading your Bible into your day. Oh, it only takes three minutes. I could do that one. I could do it three times. Um, that's not what I'm trying to say. I don't believe this is the posture that we need to come to the Bible if we want it to transform us. I simply want to highlight and to encourage you that it's maybe not that we don't have the time to read the Bible, only that maybe we are too busy running our own lives trying to fix those practical things, we've simply forgotten that the living God wants to speak to us. God's word has insight and instruction, comfort and wisdom. Surely we have the time. But the God who spoke the universe into existence, he is the one who speaks in the scriptures. Not only does he have ultimate power and authority, he has redeemed us, each and every one. Surely this should motivate us to want to read what he wants to say to us. But as as Michael spoke to us last week, um, he kind of challenged us, didn't didn't he, that we need to be intentional if we were trying to find time alone with God in our day. Equally, we should not just read the Bible when it's convenient for us. The Bible is not simply a grab bag of devotional or inspirational quotes for us to turn to. Um, And although these are a great comfort to know, Um, and even to memorise for yourself in difficult times, if they are all we are reading, we are missing out on the whole counsel of God. We will have a narrow view of God and what he wants to say to us. In the same way, we shouldn't come to the Bible demanding God tell us the things that we want to hear, or for us to have our own ideas affirmed. It can be really dangerous and has in the past led to horrific uses of God's word to justify human actions. We may not be close to that, but are we coming to the Bible with the correct posture? The God of the universe wants to speak to you. We should come humbly. We should come as children before our Father to hear what he wants to say to us. Asking the Spirit to help us to understand what he is saying and to respond to what we are reading. Which just brings me to my my last point this morning. Um, 
which is that we read the Bible ultimately. Why do we read the Bible? And it's to shape us. We do not read the Bible to have read the Bible. It's not on our reading list. You don't go to, oh, have you ever read that Bible? You know the Bible book? Have you read that one? Oh, yeah, I read that one uh, two years ago. That was a good one. The ending, yeah, not so sure about that, but I've read that one, yeah. It's, we don't tick off reading the Bible. We don't do it once and we're done. We are not trying to have read the Bible. If in my marriage to Dan, my husband, if we only ever went on one date night, oh, have you, have you gone out on date? Yeah, we did that one time. We are not going to have a very good marriage. I'm not getting to know him any better, and I'm not hearing what he has to say regularly. We have to keep maintaining that relationship, learning new things, and hearing new things about each other. And the same is for us in reading the Bible. You can come back time and time again to hear God speak in different ways, take insight or be convicted about something new or something different. Maybe our situation changed. Or maybe God has something new to say. Neither is our goal to to know the Bible. And that might sound quite contradictory to everything I've been saying so far. We need to know who Jesus is. But what I mean is our goal should not simply to get get full marks on a Bible quiz. We don't want 100% in knowing the Bible. Just at that head level, we know all the facts. Um, I bet that if I studied a textbook on how to fly an aeroplane, I could tell you everything about what all the different buttons do, what happens if this turns this way, or I don't know how to fly a plane. Um, Imagine I read the book, though. I really studied it. I knew it back to front. I could tell you what was on every page. If I never go and fly a plane, I will never be a pilot. Our goal is to be shaped by the Bible and to live it out to live the way of Jesus. We want to change the way we think and what we love because of it. If if we want to change, this is where we start. If we want to change and, for example, uh, lose weight. I know that James talked about this before. We want to lose weight. We read a book um, from Weight Watchers, um, but we never do any exercise. We don't change our diet. We will not see a change in ourselves. We will not achieve where we want to be. And I want to challenge us uh, this morning here at Reddish that we don't want to be a church uh, who are primarily known as people who are great readers of the word, or even great knowers of the word, but great doers of the word. Admittedly, we cannot do what we don't know, and if we don't know, if we haven't read. So there is a part to play in each of the parts I've talked about today. But if we want to follow and do as Jesus teaches us, not as a hobby or when we feel like it or when we get something back in return. We want it to be the foundations upon which we live in this world today. And uh, one of our core uh, Bible passages we've been using for this series is Matthew 7, verse 24, which I think sums it up perfectly. Jesus is speaking after um, most of his big core teachings that we find in the book of Matthew, and he's saying, Therefore, those who hear these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. You do not want to be great readers, great knowers, but great doers. And I want to challenge you this morning, wherever you are at, are you reading the Bible at all? 
If not, what is stopping you? What are those things that are holding you back and how can we help? God wants you to know him and he wants to speak to you. Are you reading the Bible to read the Bible? Has it become part of your to-do list? You feel guilty if you don't do it. Is it a ritual? The God of the universe wants a relationship with you to speak into your life through his words. How can you reflect on who God is and what his word means? And does that change how you approach reading the Bible? And finally, are you maybe reading the Bible to know all about the Bible? But maybe it's turned into more of an academic exercise. Maybe you love Bible history. Theological debates really get you going. Or even you love teaching the Bible. Are we practising what we're preaching? What areas of your life is God challenging you to put your words and teachings into action? Ultimately, if you take nothing away from today, I want to tell you that the Bible is all about Jesus and he wants you to know about him. He wants to speak to you. But ultimately, here as a church, we want to know and love God better so that we can go out and love others as he has loved us. That is our ultimate aim.